0: Welcome back, everybody. I am sitting here sipping on my chocolate cherry smoothie. It is literally one of my favorite combos, chocolate and cherry together. I love, love, love it so much. And I am using the Designs for Health beef protein. I had many people reach out to me in the past week. If you guys tuned into last week's episode, I was chatting about some products over from Nature Source that you can get your hands on as well as Pure Feast and I was talking a lot about some designs for health product and I had some people reach out and ask me about the beef protein and Just to be clear, it does not taste like beef, people, okay? I wouldn't even use it if it tasted like beef. It is actually quite a delicious protein powder. It's the Pure Paleo Protein from Designs for Health, and you can get it in chocolate or vanilla. And the reason I got turned on to it was because when I was really strictly following the AIP protocol... Obviously, you can't have whey and I couldn't have any grains, so no brown rice protein, or I couldn't have like nuts or seeds, so no hemp protein. So it's kind of limited with options. And that's where the beef protein came in. And I've been hooked ever since. And it's really delicious and it makes your shakes kind of frothy. So I love combining it with some cherries, some coconut milk, maybe a little bit of almond butter or tiger nut butter for some good healthy fats. And then uh, throw in a little bit of He Shoo Woo. Yep. I know that sounds woo woo, I guess. (laughs) It's a product that I really like from Sun Potion. And I also received a lot of questions about Sun Potion products because I had mentioned them on last week's episode. If you guys tuned into last week's episode with Julie Danilek, she rocked it. She talked all about inflammation. If you haven't tuned into that yet, and you definitely want to check out that episode, episode number 16. And during that episode, just in the intro, I was sharing about some of these amazing products that I get over from Pure Feast. And Sun Potion is one of the companies that they carry over on Pure Feast. And I really love ordering a lot of their products. So Sun Potion is the brand and they sell a lot of tonic herbs and superfoods. That's basically what they're known for. And they're always organic and they're wildcrafted. And they're consciously sourced from around the world. So for example, like you could get your hands on pure ashwagandha powder and add that to your smoothies or your elixirs. And ashwagandha is a great adaptogenic herb for your adrenals, your thyroid. You could also get like organic lion's mane, which is a really great medicinal mushroom and also add that to your shakes or elixirs. So I use the hishu wu, and hishu shoo woo is really just this like rejuvenation tonic. It is wonderful for the adrenal glands, for the endocrine system, for your immune system, loaded with antioxidants. hishuwu is its own thing. They extract the powder from the root. I don't know if I'm even saying that right, of Heeshu So basically it's a herb and it's just really wonderful. So I love adding it to my shakes and it's just this additional herb that I like to use because it's really great for adrenals. And I mean, let's face it, sometimes we're popping a lot of supplements all day long. I know I have quite the supplement regimen, so it's nice if I could get something that goes into my shake. It just makes things nice and easy. So yeah, I really love this product. So for any Sun Potion products, you can definitely check them out over on purefeast.com. Of course, if you are listening to this and you're in the US, then you can go directly to the US site. I think just go to sunpotion.com. But if you're in Canada and you're looking to get your hands on these products, you can use the coupon code Wellness over at purefeast.com and save 10% off your first three orders over $75, Plus, get free shipping. So, Erin over at Pure Feast is awesome. I love, love, love her so much. And we've just become really great friends. And, you know, I don't make commissions off of these coupon codes or anything like that. I really just wanted to offer you guys a discount so that you can save and get your hands on some great quality products. And same with Nature Source so nature source is where you can get your designs for health products i mean you can order like tons of supplements from nature source and again you know nature source is i'm friends with the family there it's this great family-run company and i love them so much and they really do bring quality supplements to their customers and they have four physical locations here but obviously you can order their products online as well and they just have tons of amazing Brands. And if you're ever like in the area to go shop at their stores, what I love about them is they do hire really educated staff. So the staff really does know their stuff and can really help support you, which is really great because you can walk into a lot of supplement stores and, you know, it's just this part timer who like really doesn't know anything and it's just there for a paycheck and can't really help to assist you. So, anyhow, you can head on over to natures-source.com and there's free expedited shipping over $50 to Canada and the US. And so if you're looking for Designs for Health products, you can search them over on their site. And I use the Pure Paleo Protein from Designs for Health. If you're looking to get your hands on that and give it a try, it does not taste like beef. And I think it's going to become one of your new favorites. You can get it in chocolate or you can get it in vanilla. Obviously, when I was on AIP, I couldn't use the chocolate one. I could just use the vanilla. So, yeah, definitely give it a try. It's really, really good. And I think you will be quite surprised at how delicious it really is. And again, with Nature Source, you know, I don't make commissions off of giving you guys these discount codes. This is strictly just to help support you guys in getting your hands on some really great products, on saving. And yeah, and that's really about it. I just want to help support you guys because I know when it comes to purchasing like food items or supplements, it can be quite overwhelming. And so I do want to help direct you in just push you in the right direction when it comes to brands because it's really important to get your hands on good quality brands and ingredients. All right. So today's episode is amazing. We dive into bioidentical hormones, which is an area that I'm starting to learn more about. And Dr. Stephanie Gray is amazing and she totally rocks it. And you guys are going to learn so much about bioidenticals. And We dive into her book, The Longevity Blueprint, or sorry, it's called Your Longevity Blueprint. And She just has this really unique way of breaking down the different systems in your body and relating those to like a house, for example. So like, for example, in chapter six of her book, she compares the heating and cooling system in your house to the endocrine system in your body. And so it's just a really wonderful book. I highly recommend getting your hands on the book, Your Longevity Blueprint you can grab all of the links for her book and obviously her website over at the show notes at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 17. So Stephanie Gray has been working as a nurse practitioner since 2009. She completed her doctorate focusing on estrogen metabolism from the University of Iowa in 2011. Additionally, she has a master's in metabolic nutritional medicine from the University of South Florida's medical school. Her expertise lies within integrative anti-aging and functional medicine. She is arguably one of the Midwest's most credentialed female healthcare providers, combining many certifications and trainings, She completed an advanced fellowship in anti-aging regenerative and functional medicine in 2013, and she became the first bio-identical hormone certified provider in Iowa to administer hormone pellets also in 2013. She's the author of the FNP Mastery App, and an Amazon best-selling author of her book, Your Longevity Blueprint. She is the co-founder of Your Longevity Blueprint Nutraceuticals with her husband, Eric, and they own the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic in Iowa. So definitely check out Stephanie over on Instagram, at Stephanie Gray DNP and also at longevity blueprint. You guys are going to love this episode. She shares so much incredible information. And if you've ever been confused about bioidentical hormones, Stephanie Gray is going to be your go-to. So let's dive in. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Well, happy 4th of July. (laughs) That's right. Happy 4th of July. I've been reading your book, The Longevity Blueprint, and it is wonderful. But before we dive into that, I'd love it for you to share with our audience more about you and what you do.
1: Sure, so I'm a nurse practitioner, my doctorate focused on estrogen metabolism, So what that means is just really focusing on how the liver handles estrogen that you're making, estrogen you might be taking from hormone replacement therapy standpoint, or even estrogens we're exposed to in the environment. So I really wanted to focus on how we can reduce estrogen-related cancers, most notoriously, the breast cancer. I have a master's in metabolic nutritional medicine, and I use really that education with my patients to provide a functional medicine approach. So I have a clinic in Hiawatha, Iowa where we try to help patients get to the root cause of their problems and really free them back to living a healthy life.
0: That's awesome. That sounds wonderful. So I know that you've experienced some of your own health issues at around age 30. And can you share with us what happened and what you were experiencing?
1: You bet. So I was born and raised in what I thought was a very healthy family. I grew up in the Midwest. My parents always took us to the chiropractor. We were always involved in physical activity. We took our vitamins really i thought i was very healthy but i learned that i wasn't exactly as in tuned with my body as i probably should have been but i've learned so much along my journey so sitting at my desk one day my heart took off to the races and very fast so this was beyond just regular old palpitations or regular heartbeat it was a very fast heart rate and almost passed out at work ended up in the emergency room long story short i was having what we call tachycardia or the fast heart rate episodes and they kept me up at night. So I was not able to sleep. I was dizzy and exhausted. And, you know, I had this practice, I had patients to serve, I had employees to pay. And so I became pretty desperate. (laughs) Around this time, because I kept having episodes, I did go up to the Mayo Clinic. And the conventional medicine approach really to my symptoms was that I should be taking a medication to control my heart rate. And you know, although medications are oftentimes very indicated, Sometimes we need them to save lives. In my case, I knew that taking a medication to control my heart rate wasn't really going to tell me why this was happening to me. So my husband is our office manager at the clinic. Happy to have him on board. We get to see each other every day, all day. (laughs) He really felt like, you know, functional medicine can be so overwhelming for patients. He wanted me to clarify our message, really clarify all of what we can offer patients. And so Right around this time, I figured, well, I got to solve my health issues. (laughs) So I wrote this blueprint that I outline in the book, outlining various functional medicine principles and various testing options that are available to show patients how I found the solution for me and how functional medicine can really be a solution for them as well. So it was quite the journey, but my heart is no longer racing. (laughs) Many of my other symptoms are now gone. I feel like I have my health back and I just want to share my story with others and give them hope that no matter what their symptoms may be, if it's psoriasis or fatigue, or maybe like with me, it was fast heart rate, there's always a root cause to the problem. There's always a why. You just have to figure out what it is (laughs) and fix it.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. You're all better now, which is wonderful. Yes. And in your book, you talk about a house blueprint concept. So I love this because it's like setting your foundation, which is gut health and managing your framework, which is your spine and the electrical work, which is your genetics. And so I just really love how you broke that all down. And what inspired you to come up with this analogy?
1: Well, also just sitting at my desk one day, (laughs) I thought (laughs) we've got to make this simplistic. And I think patients can understand, okay, I have to change the filters in my house, you know, quarterly, they have a maintenance plan for their house that they probably do without even thinking. They go out into the basement, change the filters. It's no big deal, but it's a requirement for the house to age well. (laughs) So they can live in that house a long time. And I thought, how can I relate this to the body so we can make it more simple? So patients understand if I'm going to change the filters in my house, I need to change the filter in my body. So that specific comparison is comparing the laundry room also (laughs) in the body, how there's constantly an influx of dirty clothes coming in that need to be cleaned, washed, and put away to the liver in your body. You need to be doing something to detox the liver, the gallbladder. So that's just one comparison. But I think coming back to your question, I just wanted to make it simple for patients to understand. We maintain our homes. Hey, let's find a solution for our body. Let's find a maintenance plan that's just really easy to relate to.
0: Which is really great because it gives people a really great visual, which is really important because I find when you have those visuals, you tend to understand things so much better. So yeah, so it was really great to read and see you break it down in that way. Thank you. So there's so much we can talk about, but a topic I would love to dive into is hormone replacement therapy because I know you offer this in your clinic and it's not really an area that I'm well versed in. I mean, nor can I really prescribe it in my practice. I obviously send out and refer out to naturopaths, but it's definitely something I'm learning more about as I dive deeper into my own hormonal health. And I know that it really can significantly impact one's quality of life. And so... I mean, my naturopath has even recommended that I go on bioidentical progesterone, but I have so many questions and I'm always thinking to myself, am I too young to go on it? No. (laughs) Does this mean I always have to be reliant on it? Or do I stop? Do I not stop? Like, clearly, I have a lot of questions. So maybe you can provide some clarity around this topic and perhaps maybe we can start with explaining the difference between synthetic and bioidentical hormones.
1: You bet. So a lot of patients get very concerned when the, you know, hormone replacement therapy is recommended that they're going to have an increased risk of cancer, you know, that nasty C word. And we have to talk about it because we have to really educate patients and providers on the difference with the risks. So there are really two types of hormone replacement therapy options out there. There is still what was used in the Women's Health Initiative study. That was a huge study done on almost 17,000 women that showed when these women took Premarin, which is pregnant mare's urine. So this was horse urine-based estrogen. They took the estrogen by mouth. It was primarily estrone. These women did have increased cancer risk. So naturally, I would not want to take that. Of course, <laughs> <And I> don't, <laughs> don't want to give that to my patients. But many providers translate the risks and they try to compare apples to oranges. So they try to compare, you know, what was used in this women's health initiative study, really a synthetic, man-made estrogen, to a better alternative that would be a natural hormone replacement therapy that would come from a plant-based source, typically yam, sometimes soy, but the compounding pharmacies I work with only use yam because that's what I prefer. And the studies actually show when patients take the bioidentical, the more natural estrogens, which are plant-based, and I honestly usually don't give these by mouth either, if we can bypass the gut and the liver, that's where we think the increased clotting factors like for strokes and even cancer can happen, then we think we greatly are reducing or entirely avoiding the risks of the synthetic. So these molecular structures are entirely different. And I map this out in my book. I actually show a picture of the molecular structure of a synthetic progestin and then a natural progesterone. And for men, a synthetic testosterone (laughs) and a natural testosterone, because they really are different. And many providers just assume they're the same and thus the risks are the same, but actually the risks are very different again, I don't give the synthetics, I give the naturals. We believe naturals actually promote longevity and they actually can reduce cancer. They can promote better bone density, reduce cardiovascular risk, preserve memory. The the bioidenticals and naturals have so many benefits. So I always like to explain that to my patients so they know, A, obviously I'm not putting them on something that's going to increase their risk. But in fact, what I'm putting them on could better promote longevity and reduce some of those risks.
0: Okay, you're totally selling me. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Yeah, I just was always thinking that maybe I'm too young to get started on that. I've definitely been through a lot in the past year with like my autoimmune and Hashimoto's, and both my estrogen and progesterone are low. And so my naturopath was like, I think you should definitely start on some bioidenticals. So this makes me think of like hysterectomy. So if someone has had a hysterectomy, do they need hormone replacement therapy?
1: So That's a difficult question for me to just answer and say yes or no. I mean, my gut instinct is yes, more than likely, but (laughs) not everybody needs to take hormones, especially high doses of hormones. But what I assess with my patients is, A, first we think historically, why did this patient have a hysterectomy in the first place? So maybe the patient had fibroids or they had heavy bleeding endometriosis, like why did the patient have the hysterectomy? Because just having the uterus removed doesn't get to the root cause of the problem, right? Removing the uterus doesn't just make the patient healthy. Maybe the reason the patient had or required the hysterectomy in the first place was that they had low progesterone to begin with. Progesterone greatly helps reduce cramps and heavy bleeding. So if we remove the uterus the patient's still going to have low progesterone, <laughs> and progesterone's very important for bone density. And even with you, as you were mentioning, you have autoimmune diseases. I'm actually speaking at Terry Walls. I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Walls. Yeah, she's awesome. She's a colleague from Iowa here, <laughs> and I'm actually speaking on the relationship between bioidentical hormones and then also all autoimmune diseases this fall at her annual conference. And it's pretty amazing. Hormones, we can almost think of them as natural steroids that are going to support the immune system. So they're excellent for autoimmune conditions as well. But going back to your question, for my patients who have had hysterectomies, we A, think, you know, why did they have this hysterectomy? Because we still want to support that patient, you know, getting back to the root cause or as as why they needed it. But then secondly, we'll have them fill out a questionnaire. So do they have symptoms of low hormones? You know, do they need the hormones? And then Thirdly, we'll test their levels. And if they're symptomatic and they have low levels, then the answer is overwhelming yes, they need <laughs> hormone replacement therapy.
0: Okay. So you're making my wheel spin right now. So you mentioned bioidenticals and autoimmune. So can you touch on that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So for preparing this presentation, obviously, I looked up several studies and It's very interesting that patients with autoimmune diseases, specifically we'll talk about maybe even MS. It's interesting that MS symptoms subside during pregnancy. So, why is that? Could there be an association with higher hormone levels and lower autoimmunity? And the answer is yes. So, many patients and these trials and studies that I've analyzed with preparing this presentation really show the higher you can get hormone levels. The reduced, we'll just say autoimmune symptoms. I'll say that. Right. Even for men, you know, boosting testosterone, some of the lesions on some of the imaging have entirely resolved, which is pretty crazy. So I do believe there's a huge role for hormone replacement therapy in the autoimmune community. And that's the goal with this presentation, obviously, is to also help clinicians know, hey, let's test these patients, let's optimize their hormones and swing odds in their favor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I can totally hear like my boyfriend's voice. When we're <laughs> in the background, like ask her about testosterone, and yeah. so just to please him because I know he totally would want me to ask. What would you say in terms for men? Like, would be the best testing for testosterone?
1: So in men, men are lucky. They're blessed. Their hormones don't fluctuate like women's. I know. So for females, you know, there are so many ways to test the hormones based on what we're trying to capture on paper. Sometimes we'll do saliva testing if we want to see what's happening the full month. You know, if a woman's having premenstrual headaches or headaches with ovulation or whatnot, we can track fluctuations the whole month with a saliva test and have her log her symptoms and compare symptoms with levels to assess what the heck's going on. But with men, it's so much easier. (laughs) I typically just do (laughs) blood testing. And I don't only look at testosterone. We can look at the precursors, things like DHEA. We can look at DHT. Also, that's what testosterone can turn into, which can cause the male pattern baldness. Mm -hmm. We can also look at estrogens. A lot of guys... Even skinny guys, not just the overweight ones, (laughs) due to all the endocrine-disrupting chemicals, I believe, in the environment, oftentimes men are converting their testosterone over to estrogen, and we need to flip that in those cases. If the estrogen is too high, we need to lower it and then raise the testosterone. So blood work is great to have done, even for men in their 20s and 30s. I mean, let's assess baseline levels so patients can know how high their levels were when they felt the best, and then we can detect subtle declines as patients age. Some patients come to me when they're 60 and they feel lousy, but I think it'd be even better if we could start checking hormone levels earlier in life so patients can track their trends and know when things are starting to go haywire.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's a really good point. So where have you found bioidenticals to have the greatest impact? Like for example, is it with endometriosis or maybe infertility or something like that?
1: Well, there are so many applications for them. So maybe I will answer that talking hormone by hormone. Sure. So you mentioned, not trying to get too personal here, but you mentioned (laughs) that your doctor had recommended progesterone for you. Right. And I don't know your age and I'm not going to ask it, but you look young and healthy. (laughs) Well, that's, I can totally share So I'm 35. Okay, wonderful. So, progesterone is the first hormone to decline. It starts declining really in our 30s, unfortunately, late 20s, early 30s. Progesterone is the most soothing, calming hormone. It is great for sleep, great for anxiety. I already mentioned it's great for bone density. And I'll share a little bit about my personal story also. As I was extremely stressed out and didn't even realize it, my (laughs) progesterone was also very low. And taking progesterone almost immediately, I mean, within a few days, I felt calmer. I just felt back to almost a normal state. I didn't have buzzing or that you know wired feeling on the inside. So I think for women in the early 30s, usually the first hormone that I would replete is progesterone. It's commonly the first hormone to go. So you're not alone. You're, there are several <laughs> women in my practice, and that's one of the main applications for progesterone is really for anxiety and sleep. It's also extremely important to regulate the cycles if patients have irregular cycles and heavy bleeding. So those are kind of main applications of progesterone. For estrogen, a lot of women have hot flashes and night sweats. And that's not, you know, that those don't happen earlier in life. That's usually later. <laughs> right. But a lot of times boosting the estrogen can get rid of those symptoms quite immediately. It can also help with memory and cognition. A lot of women come into my office and say, You know, I hosted Thanksgiving and I walked into the living room and I forgot why I walked into the living room. (laughs) They just don't quite have the mental sharpness they used to. And estrogen is very important for that. It's also important for vaginal dryness. A lot of women have pain with intercourse and significant dryness and estrogen can really help in that department. Now, testosterone is important for women, just like it is for men. (laughs) Of course. Testosterone can help with mood, motivation, drive, libido, energy. So, you know, if women are stressed out, their progesterone is going to drop. Eventually, their testosterone is going to drop. Their mood can drop. Libido can go down. And so, there's still a time and place for boosting testosterone in women and men. And all of the hormones help with the aging process, you know, back to bone density and preserving cardiovascular function and memory. So, there are just so many applications of that. You know, my average patient is menopausal, but they all may be experiencing different symptoms.
0: Right. So
1: is there someone who should not use bioidenticals? Depends on who you talk to. That's a really good question. So (laughs) so obviously, if a patient previously had an estrogen-fed cancer, so we would call that an estrogen receptor-positive cancer, I'm not going to be encouraging that patient take estrogen based on their history. Now, I have some patients who strongly want hormones, even if they've had a history of a hormone receptor-positive cancer, but that would be probably the biggest caution. Right. Another caution that many patients come to me kind of fearful of is if they have a blood clotting disorder. And these are more common than we think. I have a lot of patients who took birth control for years and ended up with a blood clot. And so they were told, well, you can never take birth control again, which maybe they didn't need through their 20s and 30s, their childbearing years. But now they're in menopause and they need hormones. (laughs) So they're nervous. Now they have no solution, but actually there are forms of hormone replacement therapy that are safe for patients with blood clotting disorders, and those are the hormone pellets. I don't know if you want me to talk a little bit about those.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely go for it.
1: So it's very important to find a great provider who can personalize a plan for you as a patient, who can assess your history, who can analyze all your symptoms, and then together with you find the best form of hormone replacement therapy. There are topical gels and creams, there are sublingual lozenges, like little chokies or cough drops, almost like you can put under your tongue. Mm-hmm. There is a time and place for some capsules. I never give estrogen or testosterone in a capsule, but progesterone can be given in a capsule. And then testosterone and estrogen, not progesterone, but testosterone and estrogen can be given through subcutaneous pellets. They look like almost little grains of rice. We numb up the fatty tissue kind of in the upper bottom hip area. And we pop the pellets right under the tissue and they're released over three to six months. Which sounds a little invasive, but it's not. It's a very slick procedure, very pain-free. That's interesting. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So these pellets are not going through the gut and the liver at all. They're really cleared through the kidneys. So they're very safe for patients with blood clotting disorders. And that's, you know, one reason patients have sought me out is because this is the only <laughs> their only option. And you know, if you're having 20, 30 hot flashes a day and you can't sleep, you'll take a pellet. You'll, <laughs> you'll do anything to alleviate your symptoms. But I found the pellets to be extremely effective in my practice. And I use all forms of hormone replacement therapy, but that decision just needs to be made with the patient to find what's the most convenient for them, you know, what they want to start with.
0: Right. So I'm assuming the process of getting started with bioidenticals would start with testing. Yes. And then from there, determining what's necessary.
1: Yes, absolutely. So some women may only need progesterone, some may only need testosterone, or maybe they need all three, progesterone, testosterone, and estrogen.
0: And then in terms of monitoring this, you know, are you constantly having to keep doing hormone testing and just constantly monitoring where your hormones are at in order to change dosing? Like, What does that look like?
1: Very good question. And this is my pet peeve because I know some providers who get patients on hormones and then they never check levels again. And I think that is very irresponsible. I think the need, you know, one's need for hormones could change. Maybe they have a very stressful year and they may need more hormones that year or the next year they may need less. So yes, the route of hormone administration determines what type of testing I use. So I'll kind of clarify that. If I'm giving patients the hormone pellets, then we do blood work. We always do blood work before and after the pellets. So we see at the peak of the pellet where their levels are, and then once a year, we're always checking in blood. Now, if a patient is on oral progesterone, I can also do blood testing. Usually, my routine checks for patients are annually, but we may be checking earlier if patients are having symptoms, whatnot. There is another excellent test available that's a urine hormone test that I think Carrie Jones came on. You guys should all listen to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a great one.
1: That podcast where she talked about the benefits of the urine hormone testing. This is excellent. You can use this for pellets, but I typically use it for the sublingual lozenges. Just checking in blood is not the best way to monitor the trochies, because if you think about it, these little lozenges, after you take them, just like if you took B twelve under your tongue, something like that, the levels in your system are gonna peak and then they're going to wear off. So, you know, if you took your troche at night or in the morning, and then you got your labs at 11 a.m. or 4 p.m., we may be capturing you on the up or the down. So the urine test would be better to assess what's happening over a 24-hour time period for the lozenges and the topicals. So we have to decide which form of hormone replacement therapy to put the patient on, and then we have to select the appropriate means to monitor them. But that is so important to have ongoing monitoring. That's a great question.
0: So how often should we be testing? Is it like every month, every three months? What does that look like?
1: So once we get rolling with the patient, many of my patients really learn to be more in tune with their body, which is something I had to learn myself. Right. (laughs) Then they kind of know, okay, I think I might need a little more estrogen or a little less testosterone or whatnot. So I'm okay with making subtle adjustments without checking levels like every month or every quarter or whatnot but I require at least annually, we're doing the hormone testing. And if patients, you know, if they've had a huge life change, (laughs) whatnot, like I was referring to lots of stress, we may check them more frequently. When I get patients rolling, we'll always do a baseline. And then maybe three months into hormone replacement therapy, we'll check it to make sure we're on the right track. If they feel good and their levels are good after that three month spot check, then we'll switch to annual monitoring.
0: Okay, good to know. So in Chapter 6 of your book, Your Longevity Blueprint, I know you speak more about bioidentical. So ladies can definitely go and pick up a copy and dive deeper into that. So thank you. That was really great. I know that you know it's not something that we've spoken about on this podcast before. And I know that there's a lot of women considering it, myself included. So it's nice to have a little bit of background on that. So What do you feel are the important areas we need to focus on in order to support our hormones naturally? I mean, I know you talk about nutritional deficiencies and stress and detoxification in your book. So there's so many different areas. Where do we start?
1: Yeah, let's break those down. So even in your situation, obviously I'm for (laughs) bioidentical progesterone, but (laughs) that doesn't mean you have to start progesterone tomorrow. There are many things you could work on naturally to see if you can get your levels up. And then if not, you have plan B, you have progesterone as a second resort. So the top three things that I focus on with my patients that really any of the listeners can start working on today, we can break down. So one is reducing stress. And this has been very difficult for myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just having a very intense practice, a lot of responsibilities. Sometimes it's hard. Our lifestyles can just be so fast paced that we don't take time for ourselves and We are B team, which are our adrenal glands. They sit on top of the kidneys. They're literally your B team for hormone production. So you want to make sure they're in good shape. So if your ovaries aren't spitting out as much hormone as they should be, your adrenals can kick in and help out. And my adrenals have been, maybe yours have also at times been (laughs) not helping out the most. So definitely. This is where lifestyle changes like meditation, yoga, you know, deep breathing, are so important. And I don't mean like once a month. I mean, you schedule time. Like I have to go to yoga at least once a week for my sanity (laughs) where my phone is shut off. I have no responsibilities. I'm just sitting there, deep breathing, stretching. I'm allowing my adrenaline, my cortisol (laughs) to just calm down and not be on overdrive. So reducing stress is a huge battle, but it is extremely important. I talk about in my book that stress is your body's biggest hormone hijacker. So it's going to rob you of your important hormones. So you've got to figure out the best means for you to reduce stress. Now, lifestyle changes are a huge part of that. I also recommend a lot of supplements in my practice, which kind of overlaps with another point, which is to fix nutritional deficiencies. So through my journey, I learned I had several genetic variants, and one of them led to can lead to huge need for magnesium. And so I think I'll take magnesium daily for the rest of my life. I just think I'm going to need, need some magnesium. But magnesium is important also for hormone production. It's a very calming mineral. So that can be helpful for reducing stress. I don't know if you are familiar with calming amino acids, things like L-theanine have been very important for me. That works very quickly. It's not addicting or hard on the liver like the anxiety medications can be. So L-theanine is great for lowering adrenaline and cortisol. So really taking nutrients to help minimize stress, but changing lifestyle is important. So that kind of falls all under the reducing stress category. The other two categories, I'll just jump to fixing nutritional deficiencies since I started talking about magnesium. So You know, your body, if we look at, and I have a little bit of this in my book too, your body is dependent on vitamins and minerals to serve as cofactors for pretty much every single reaction in your body, including hormone production. So if you're not eating well, you know, if you don't have the right nutrients, your body's not gonna be able to make your happy hormones and even your happy neurotransmitters. So I've even had patients, I remember one patient came into me and she was, you know, eating fast food three times a day. She was so nutritionally deficient that really to get rid of her hot flashes all we did was put her on a multivitamin and they went away. Which is an extreme example, but oh, wow. <laughs> she needed more nutrition for supporting her, her body's hormone pathways. For some patients, taking fish oil or even an evening primrose oil can help minimize hot flashes. They'd need those essential fats, the healthy fats. Other patients need things like selenium, which also can support thyroid function, and zinc is important for testosterone production. So really assessing nutrition and diet, and in my practice at least, I have my patients do a comprehensive nutritional evaluation. So rather than me guess what they need, we test. And we look at really 20 pages of vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants, and even omegas so we can make sure we're doing everything we can, repleting all the nutrients that the patient may need again, to help support hormone production.
0: Great. That was my next question I was going to yeah. say. What What are you using in terms of testing for nutritional deficiencies?
1: Yeah. So there's so many excellent lab companies out there. I don't just run a spot check B6 level at my local lab. I use a functional medicine lab. So I primarily use Genova Diagnostics mm-hmm. down in Georgia, and they just have an amazing nutritional assessment, which contains... So it's a blood and urine test, but it's looking at organic acids, So that's a wonderful option for my patients. And even my patients who eat organic, who grow their own food in their backyard, some of them are still low on nutrients. And so rather than guess, the testing can reveal some surprises that patients really need. That's great. Need to be taken. It
0: can definitely get overwhelming and confusing and expensive when it comes to supplementation, right? So really having the answers of what you absolutely need is really helpful for sure.
1: Absolutely. Patients don't want to waste their money. They want to know the testing doesn't only tell us what they need to take. It also tells us what they maybe don't need to take, what supplements they maybe could get rid of, or it just confirms, okay, I'm taking fish oil and my omega-3 index is great, is optimal. So I know I'm absorbing it. I know I'm getting my money's worth out of that. So the test is wonderful. (laughs) I'm a huge advocate for it. And then the third thing that patients can start doing today to help boost their hormones naturally, is to really focus on reducing their toxin exposure. So finally, I think in the last few years, consumers are learning about, you know, parabens and phthalates, you know, just what we call endocrine disrupting chemicals in our personal care products that for decades, my mother, at least, she didn't know about these things. No one told her (laughs) that they were hiding in her shampoo and in her makeup and whatnot now we know these are dangerous. They can bind to our hormone receptors and cause hormone imbalances within the body. So what we want to do is get them out of our lives. So (laughs) you can use the Environmental Working Group Skin Deep Cosmetics database to search for all of the products that you're using and see if they're ranking very high with cancer risk, endocrine disrupting risk, or allergenicity to really remove them from your life. You have to also think about your cleaning products I mean, some patients really need to stop eating out of plastic, switching to glass. There are just so many little changes you can make to minimize your toxin exposure. But ultimately, with my patients, we also usually put them through a liver detox. Again, just like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you change the filters in your, <laughs> in your home routinely, and we need to do that for our bodies also. So doing a liver detox program, even if it's short, just a couple weeks, a couple times a year, can be very effective for patients.
0: So what do you really recommend for a liver detox? Are we using like herbs and nutrition? What does that kind of look like?
1: Yeah, good question. So the first piece of the detox is always education for my patients. Again, to just start assessing everything they're putting in their body, whether it's you know personal care products they're, they're putting on their body or the food they're eating. Is it organic? Is it not organic? You know, Is it loaded with the herbicides and pesticides? To just get them to be more conscious and aware of the choices that they make. But then an actual detox program would usually involve two things. So one is some sort of binder, like a protein powder that has fiber. Maybe it has bentonite clay or activated charcoal. Some binder so that when you take the what we call coloretics and colagogues, which are agents to help the liver and the gallbladder, essentially spill out toxins. So these would be things like artichoke, dandelion, beet, milk thistle. So some are herbs. After provoking your body to dump the toxins into the gut, you have a binder to bind the toxins so you can essentially excrete them. So usually a good detox program will involve both. So that kind of like the herbs you were mentioning, but then also some sort of powder or binder, whatnot. And I will oftentimes also add glutathione to the detox program. Glutathione is the most powerful antioxidant in the body, really important for detox. So a lot of times I'll have patients also take that through the regimen.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, I do this detox in my practice where do you use any Zymogen products? Some yeah. of them, yeah. Yeah. So I use some of the Zymogen like protein powders, their detox powder, and I'll yeah. have clients use that because it does have a lot of the milk thistle and the dandelion and all of that. And I'll make them eat only green vegetables that grow above the ground.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of my clients look at me like I have three heads when I tell them to do that. But at the same time, it also becomes just this really simple and easy way of eating for seven days that they don't have to overthink it. Plus, it's great for detoxification. So perfect. Yeah. Awesome. And you made me think of something with the plastics going back to detoxification and reducing toxin exposure. We did such a good job of eliminating all the plastics in our lives with like our water bottles or how we're storing our food. But you know, one of the areas that totally slipped my mind was our cutting board. Oh yeah. And yeah. Using a plastic cutting board. And I think that a lot of people overlook things like that. And you're often using something like that every single day. And you don't realize cutting your food on a plastic cutting board that has BPA that's now getting into the food. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: But these are the things that you know no one's perfect so we have right. to cut ourselves some slack and know that absolutely you know, every day we can make changes to better our health and we're going to have those realizations 10 years from now we'll still be uncovering you know new surprises but the important thing is that we're willing to change and we're learning as we go <laughs> and we understand it's a journey
0: absolutely absolutely i'm always learning as i go and you know that's part of the process so Absolutely. So I know that you offer a lot of hormone testing in your clinic as well, and you mentioned how important it is. And I mean, I know how so many women will go to their doctors and be put on synthetic estrogen without even having their hormones tested appropriately. And then they do get their hormones tested and you actually find out that their estrogen is high. Yep. So they're on a dose of synthetic estrogen, which can really be quite dangerous. So this is why testing is so important. So what testing do you offer in your practice? I know you've mentioned urine and saliva.
1: Yeah. So saliva, blood, and urine, I used to do a little bit of blood spot testing, which is where you kind of just poke your finger and get some drop of blood out of the tip of the finger, but I'm not doing so much of that anymore. So there's uses really for all of the above for saliva, blood, and urine, and I can break that down. So I'll talk about blood first, just in reference to what you just said. That's just a sad story, and unfortunately, I see it too much. You know, a woman goes through menopause, she goes to her doctor, she has hot flashes, so they put her on oral estrogen without even checking her levels. 90% of the time, she needed progesterone, not. Estrogen, right. So you know now her estrogen levels are that of a pregnant woman. Well, not that high, but you know they're they're higher than they need to be. Right. Now that doctor has unintentionally created more estrogen dominant state, and she may have other symptoms now. So the only way to really assess that is to do the blood testing. So in a postmenopausal woman whose hormones are not fluctuating, blood testing is great. There's a time and place for blood testing, also for fertility. A lot of times we'll have a patient gets certain levels tested day three of her cycle. We'll do an FSH to LH ratio. That can also assess for PCOS. I may have a woman, specifically also if financiers maybe are a problem, she doesn't want to pay for a saliva cortisol test, which usually insurance doesn't cover, we can do a spot check progesterone level in the blood. So progesterone peaks after ovulation. So it's pretty low the first two weeks, you know, you bleed week one, then you have week two, if you ovulate, progesterone is supposed to soar, supposed to be pretty high week three, and then it starts declining you know, through week four. So we may do a spot check on that patient, like one of days 19, 20, or 21, when the progesterone is supposed to be the highest. Because if when it's supposed to be high, it's low, you know, Houston, we have a problem. We know that that's, this patient likely needs progesterone. The downside of blood work, though, is that that progesterone level maybe is going to come back fine on day 19 or 20 but it's going to dip on day 22. But you know we didn't catch that on paper because we only checked her the day that she ended up looking good. So right. for cycling women, that's where saliva testing can be very valuable. And I alluded to that earlier. So saliva testing is just spit testing and it's something that patients can do from home. They don't have to go to the doctor's office every day. <laughs> they can spit into a tube from home. Usually the kit of the saliva vials is provided by their doctor. And then they freeze the sample through the full month, and then they mail in the test kit at the very end of the month. So saliva testing can really, again, check those fluctuations that are happening. And a patient can say, you know, I feel lousy day 26, or I felt great day 14, or, you know, whatnot. Then we can really compare how they feel to where their levels are. So saliva testing is great for that. It's also great for assessing cortisol, which is a reflection of adrenal function, So cortisol is supposed to be high in the morning. So we're full of energy. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to gently reduce throughout the day being lowest at night so that we can sleep. And some patients who have major fatigue, their cortisol is very low, although sometimes it can come back very high if they're very wired. Patients who can't sleep will see that high cortisol at night. So testing saliva cortisol is also great for many of my patients based on their symptoms. And then the urine testing is, I would say, the best for patients who have we'll just call it poor estrogen metabolism or estrogen congestion when the patients can't properly clear out estrogen which can then lead to fibroids and cysts and eventually cancers so if a patient comes to me and they've had several cysts or they have family history of an estrogen related cancer that urine hormone test is going to give us a lot of information a lot of insight into their risk and into what we need to be changing with that patient to influence estrogen metabolism for the better to reduce their risk And so
0: where would genetic testing fit into all of this?
1: Good question. So I wish we could be looking at a hormone pathway or like graphic right now. Right. Some patients are genetically programmed where certain enzymes maybe don't work as well as they should or they work too good. And I have this in my book, actually, when we look at a graph of estrogen metabolism Mm -hmm. or stages of, we'll call it liver detoxification, genetics can play a role specifically, you know, due to enzyme function. So some patients, I hope this makes sense because it's kind of hard to describe, are genetically or enzymatically set up to not detoxify estrogen very well at all. Right. So if they do that 23andMe genetic test and we see certain SNPs, or we call them genetic variants then we may be way more aggressive with them, nutritionally speaking, to help improve estrogen metabolism. So genetics are an important role, but genetics aren't the end all either. Just because you have a gene doesn't mean you're going to have poor enzyme function. (laughs) Right. So we could look at the genes in combination with the urine hormone test, and that would be the most comprehensive assessment for patients.
0: Yeah. I recently did my genetic testing and- basically all my estrogen pathways move slow. Okay. So I need to increase or further support my good protective estrogen. Sure. So things like dim, I was told coffee and I was like, oh, well, keep my coffee daily. Don't overdo that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. But I know some people will hear that and be like, great, I can drink my three cups of coffee a day, but that's not how it works. (laughs) Yeah. So I did my testing. It was pretty interesting. And I'm more so testosterone dominant, I guess you can say. Really in like my native body produces testosterone quite quickly. But by going on the birth control pill, I ended up sort of flipping that. Sure. Yeah. If that makes sense. So yeah. So I think genetic testing, all of it at the end of the day Is all really important information to gather and have because ultimately it's all going to help you move forward in designing you know the best protocol and strategy for your health.
1: Absolutely, chapter three in my book is all about genetics, and that's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, it's kind of summary of my book is that you need a functional medicine practitioner or a contractor to help you rebuild your body. You know, using all of these steps that are outlined, and every chapter discusses testing, whether it's the genetic testing we're talking about now or the nutritional evaluation or, you know, hormones discussed in chapter six. And so the goal is not to overwhelm the audience or the patient, but for them to know, Hey, okay. I looked at my hormones next. I'm going to look at my genetics. And there's just so much that we can do. The information is really, really powerful and it's out there. And The sad thing is, many patients don't know the information is out there. So, that was the other intent behind the book is to just introduce them to these testing options, to introduce them to functional medicine, to give them hope.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's a really wonderful book. And thanks so much for your time in writing that and breaking it down so easily for everybody. So, what about thyroid testing?
1: Yes. So, that's also in chapter six. I think thyroid testing is oftentimes not done comprehensively. And sadly, a lot of patients have low thyroid symptoms and they struggle for years, but they haven't found the right person to test them comprehensively. So, you know, specifically many patients never have thyroid antibodies tested. So they never know there's an autoimmune component fueling their disease. Many don't have free T3 checked and free T3 is the most important thyroid hormone in the body. You may not know you only have T3 receptors. So if you're only taking Synthroid, you know, which is a T4 drug, Mm -hmm. If your body is stressed or if you're nutritionally deficient and you don't convert the T4 to T3, that medication might not be really helping you. So I think thyroid testing, it's a huge piece of my practice. I test almost everyone for thyroid disorders because unfortunately they're very common. Yes. (laughs) But I think they can be managed if patients can get the appropriate testing and optimize the levels.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Even just in my practice, I've been doing thyroid testing on pretty much everybody because it is so common, like you said, (laughs) and it's just important to rule it out. And especially if there's a history of autoimmune in the family, then definitely it's important to get all the appropriate testing. So I know that you've got a freebie that our audience can download and it is your three tips to boost hormones naturally and you kind of dove into a little bit of that with the stress and nutritional deficiencies and detoxification. So everybody can head on over to your for that free download. Is there anything you want to expand on that with your free download?
1: No, I mean, really just check out the website. I have blogs posted on the website, uh, a few videos there. And we do also have supplements and the book is sold on the website also. You can get book anywhere, Amazon, anywhere books are sold, but we are offering a 10% off for all the listeners. If you use the code THANKS10, so just T-H-A-N-K-S-10, we'll provide you with 10% off any purchases on the website, your longevityblueprint.com. So check it out.
0: That's amazing. And then you also shared with me a link that... For anybody who does order the book, they can get some extra bonuses and questionnaires. So I'll be sure to share that link in the show notes. And ladies, it's such a wonderful book. And I know you're going to love chapter six, which is (laughs) the heating and cooling system of your house, which is basically the endocrine system in your body. I love that. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: So, well, thank you for wonderful questions. I hope the audience learned quite a bit. My ultimate mm-hmm. message is again, just that there's hope. So don't be discouraged. And you know if you find answers, share these answers with your friends. We have to share the knowledge. You know that's how we do eventually figure out all the root cause of our challenges. So know you're not alone if you're struggling and know there's hope.
0: Amazing. And I know that there's so many women globally listening to this podcast. So for those who are in your area, I mean, what a pleasure that they can actually come visit you in your clinic, which is
1: great. And I will mention we do phone consultations all the time for patients from all over. So my practice is Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic. The website is IHHclinic.com. And we do, again, if you're not local, but you can't find local help, which I hope you can, but if you cannot, I'd be happy to see you via phone.
0: That's great to know. So I'll be sure to share that link in our show notes as well. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. That was so wonderful. And I really appreciate your time and your expertise.
1: Well, thank you for hosting your podcast.
0: My pleasure. Thank you. What a great episode. Stephanie Gray offered up so much information about bioidenticals. She definitely helped to provide me with more clarity. And if you are thinking of diving into bioidentical hormone therapy for yourself, Be sure to connect with the right practitioner and somebody who can really monitor your hormones and do the appropriate testing as well as continue to do retesting so that you are on the right dose and the right protocol for your individual needs. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. You can head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 17 to grab all the show notes from today, as well as follow Stephanie over on Instagram at longevity blueprint. Thanks everybody for tuning in and I'll chat with you guys real soon.